0: today on CityCast Madison, We're dedicating this whole week ahead of Valentine's Day to love in all its forms. There are so many stories about happy lovers, but what about the relationships that go south with no point of return? How do you overcome a betrayal so deep it can shatter your life? That's what happened to Darcy Loma, the founder and CEO of a coaching and consulting company in Madison. Her longtime husband and the father of her children was arrested for sexual assault of a minor. Despite that nightmare, Darcy wants you to know that it is possible to overcome even our darkest of days. And though we do mention the crime, this story is not graphic. It's Tuesday, February 7th. I'm Bianca Martin. And this is CityCast Madison, the podcast that gets local. Darcy, hello. Hello. We are talking about love all week in all of its forms. And one thing we don't talk enough about is how love can sometimes really hurt us. And Darcy, you faced the seemingly unimaginable in love and came out stronger despite it. Can you take us back to that day your husband was arrested? It was the worst day of my life. It was
1: March uh, 17th in 2016. It was the day before our 10-year wedding anniversary. And I got a phone call from my neighbor asking, what's going on at your house? And I said, I, I don't know. I'm not home. Why? She's like, Darcy, there are 40 or 50 police cars and a SWAT team that surrounded your house and they just took John out barefoot in handcuffs. That started my nightmare. My husband was arrested. Um, I found out later for sexual assault of a minor. And when he, he was a full-time stay-at-home dad, and when he left that day um, and was put into Dane County Jail, he, 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 he never came home. He, he was there until he was transferred to the, the federal prison and, and sentenced.
0: I feel like the depth of pain like that could be immobilizing. What was it like for you? Totally I was
1: so blindsided. I mean, I am a rule follower. <laughs> I live my life, in, right? I mean, I, I, by every single rule. So to have something like this happen was just completely out of my realm of anything I had ever imagined or pre- prepared for. I was devastated. On top of it, the charges were so severe that I had to get my own attorney and my attorney said, Darcy, don't talk to anybody about anything like this is a big deal. And so at my worst hour, I was isolated and 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 alone and dealing with my house being destroyed from a search warrant, which I had never obviously been through that before. My husband is is gone, and then my, my daughters, I transferred them to live with my sister in another state because there were media trucks out front and his mugshot all over the news and papers, and so, Here I am, just like, you know, we were planning our wedding anniversary and a trip uh, in an RV. We were going to go on spring break to all of the state parks and national parks. And it was completely devastating.
0: This obviously impacted the whole family. Like, how did you work through this with your daughters? Like, what was that like working through that experience?
1: Yeah, it was really interesting, Bianca, because... I had no idea. Parenting is hard anyway, but now to to deal with this. So I called and actually talked to five child psychologists and child therapists to understand the dynamics and, and what to do. And In a nutshell, what I learned, and I'm just bottom lining it here, is to be honest and to share at an age appropriate level and to share just, just enough and then let them ask questions and to build trust. So, so the first child therapist I talked to, I, 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 right in the, in the heat of the moment, he said, I said, I, I don't know what to do. What, what? I mean, I was just in this panic and he's like, well, tell him that he went um, on vacation and buy yourself some time. And I was like, what?
0: More dishonesty. <laughs>
1: they, they've never, ever gone to bed without their dad tucking them in, and all of a sudden he leaves with no notice the week before. No. So like intuitively, I knew that was not the right move. There was no way that that I was going to jeopardize in any way the trust that I now needed more than ever my girls to have in our relationship and our connection. So so I eventually did find some incredible child psychologists who basically said, if your daughters are not at risk, which thank goodness they were not, it's always better for children to have a relationship with an incarcerated parent. And so I leaned into that and I leaned into communicating and asking the girls what they wanted. Um, and so every week we went down to Dane County Jail and, and visited him and you know went through the security and the big steel doors and talked to him behind glass on telephones. And once he was um, convicted and, and sentenced, we drove not as often because he was seven, eight hours away in prison, but we drove there every couple of months. Um, and I let the girls lead on how much they wanted to maintain that relationship and we all had our own therapists, and that helped us to deal with and navigate the, the trauma. I also went to a, a week-long retreat in the Arizona desert on healing intimate treason. And that really helped me to process the, the betrayal and, and, and the trauma and to ultimately get in a place now where I have forgiveness And the girls have a really good relationship with their dad. My ex-husband, I did get divorced.
0: Mm -hmm. That's huge. And, you know, I'm just picturing the feeling of having the devastation, feeling immobilized. But, you know, while this was happening, people sometimes want to reach out. Right. Uh, naturally, something's wrong. Something's gone wrong. They want to be there. Your friends, your family. And despite the best intentions, sometimes it can feel like a burden. Nobody knew what to do.
1: And and my pastor said, you know, this is its it's even harder than a death. If there's a death, you know, you cook a casserole, you bring a hot dish, you go to the funeral. Right. I mean, you know what to do this. Nobody knew what to say or not say. I would say one of the things that As a concrete resource that I loved and learned a lot from was the ring theory. And that is essentially, um, if you think about there's something that happens, there's a trauma, there's something that's hard. Somebody gets a cancer diagnosis or whatever it is. You put that person at the center of the ring. And then the next layer of the ring are the people who are closest to that person. So in my case, if I'm at the center, my daughters are next. Right. And then my parents and John's parents and the friends and and you kind of keep going, layering out. And then the ring theory says you find yourself, your place in that ring and you support in dump out. So if you have somebody, Bianca, who has a, 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 a cancer diagnosis, a friend, and you're in a middle, you're, you're in a, you know, a third ring out, anybody who is in a smaller ring, you support them. You love them. You say, what do you need? Do you need space? Do you know anybody who's in a bigger ring? You can dump. You can vent. You can say, oh, my God, what? I got to process this. I need help. I'm, I'm sad. I might lose my friend. I might. But you don't use people who are in smaller rings to get that support from I found that to be so incredibly helpful. And part of the reason is because I, in my life, I'm a, I'm a coach, right? I, this is what I do. I support people for a profession, and I love listening and supporting people. And so that natural role that people would come to me for that support, I didn't have the capacity to provide at that point. I was in the center of the ring. I had nothing to give.
0: Yeah, your tank is empty. That is so helpful. The ring... Idea, like I haven't thought about that, but that makes a lot of sense. At what point were you able to make that first step forward?
1: Well, so it's interesting because I hired a um, a PR firm, a crisis communications firm, because I worked for Herb Cole for Senator Cole for twelve years, and then launched my full time business. And so when this happened. I was employed by myself. I didn't have a safety net. I remember when I went to the doctor and she said, I'm gonna write you a note for your employer so that you can get some time off. I'm like, if I don't work, I don't get paid. You know, I can't just take time off. I own my own business. So I hired this crisis communications firm and she said, you need to take time off. And I said, "I, I understand. I totally disagree. I have more bills right now. I've got, you know, criminal defense attorney, divorce attorney, child psychologist, I've I've got more bills. I tend to think I have pretty good instincts. And my instinct was I got to work harder and more than ever. And I said, but I've hired you to advise me because I'm not thinking straight. So I'm going to do what you said, even though I don't agree at all. Mm -hmm. And I'll Mm -hmm. tell you what, Bianca. So I ended up taking several months off. That was the best advice ever. That was the because it allowed me the space to grieve, to process, to cry, to be angry, to deal with the legal system, to deal with the divorce. There was so much to deal with that I otherwise would have just sort of compartmentalized and and shoved and not felt the feelings or dealt with the emotions and the sadness and the anger. I wouldn't be talking to you now. If I hadn't done that then, right, because those emotions need to be felt and dealt with at some point. And so if I had suppressed them then like a buoy in the water, they'd, they'd, be, they'd be coming out in different ways now.
0: It's something that's standing out to me talking about taking that space, it's so against our culture to stop. Actually, you have to surrender. Yes. Yes. The story is so vulnerable, and I feel like there are very likely folks who are listening who maybe not the exact same scenario, but might have a similar situation, something where they're dealing with a betrayal of trust. What sort of advice could you give to someone who's dealing with this?
1: Yeah, such a great question, Bianca, because there are people, whether it's betrayal or trust or heartbreak or loss of a job or a cancer diagnosis, you name it, life's hard. And we get blindsided by little and big things all the time. And so a couple of things I'd say. One is, like, be good to yourself and figure out what you need, you know, to take care of yourself. Give yourself permission to say what you need to have compassion and empathy and feel your feelings. That was the best gift ever that my crisis communication specialist said to to pause on work. I did not want to, because I was sitting home with my feelings and I couldn't just be busy and numb out. That was essential. And then, you know, I I would say, when you feel ready from that pause, start to think about what, what do I need? And what support do I need? How do I want to move through this? And don't think that you have to move through it alone. It took me a couple of years to share my story because I was in shame and and fear that people were going to judge me. This was a horrible thing. What I found was the exact opposite, that people came out of the woodwork to say, oh my gosh, and the compassion and the love and the empathy, the fear I had was not founded. And then you can't stay in that place of thinking. So this is Thoughtfully Fit as the model I'd been building for my business. It came alive five days before John's arrest. We finalized the model and at the core of the model are these three steps I'm giving, pause, think, act. So I was able to lean into that. So after you pause and then you think about what do I need, what support do I need? How do I wanna move through this? Then you have to act. You can't just stay in that place of ruminating and thinking and overthinking. At some point, you need to make the phone call, get the therapist, talk to the friend, whatever that action is that you need to take. Don't just be paralyzed
0: in the place of fear and thinking. That's a great opportunity to talk about you starting this business and what it meant to you and your growth and your healing. Why start this business and take it where you have? It's
1: my passion it's it's truly my passion and it has been for decades just really helping people so the whole my whole company is around creating high performing people and teams. This model that I had worked on, it was because I had spent 19 years coaching individuals who were having obstacles and hurdles, teams, organizations. The model that I developed was because of other people's issues and problems that I was helping them with. Little did I know I would become ground zero to test drive this model
0: in my own life firsthand. Your own tools. Yes, yes, exactly, right. If your former self walked into your office today What would you say to her? Mm.
1: Life is hard. Be forgiving. Be kind to yourself and others. It's going to be okay. Everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. That's beautiful. Yeah. And in my case, you know, my former self, I would say it's not only is it going to be okay, you're gonna come out the other side stronger. You're gonna have a deeper connection to your daughters. You're going to have more to give to clients and people who go through trauma and tragedy and hard times. You know, you hear about Bianca, people who lose a limb or go bankrupt, and, you know, bad things happen and they say, I'm better, I'm happier because of it. And you're like, really, you're just saying that. No, I can honestly say that I am stronger and better and have a stronger relationship with my daughters, even with my ex-husband. I have, I'm, I'm better for my clients than I would had this not happened.
0: Well, you can speak from a place of authenticity. That's pretty much everything. <laughs> I I also am, you know, thinking about Love Week. This was your partner. What did you learn about yourself through all of this?
1: Oh, I learned so much. I learned so much. I learned about my codependence. I learned about not setting, you know, boundaries. I learned about um, my my fear. I, I learned about how to have courage to be authentic and, instead of hiding and and lying. And I, I I learned so much. I learned how to be a better mom. I mean, my husband stayed home full time. I was blessed to have that support system. But all of a sudden. I was on the front line and I learned how to prioritize my girls over anything else, 100%, right? I learned that that, that that's okay, that life will go on when you make other priorities second and, and, and that you indeed have to prioritize, that I couldn't be a super mom, I, I couldn't do it all. I learned so much. And I'll say the biggest, maybe the biggest thing I learned is the power of forgiveness and love. Mm hmm.
0: That's huge. And I wanted to ask you before we let you go, what you do to bring joy into your life.
1: My, my I always have an intention every year and last year it was playfulness. So I did a lot of things. First of all, I love coaching. I love training teams. That brings me an incredible amount of joy. I also love my daughters and being goofy and silly. I'm not a silly person. So they bring that out in me. TikTok dances and things that I would just never do otherwise. I tend to be like very serious. I love triathlons and biking and hiking and running and anything in nature. That brings me tons of joy. And then we had eight foster dogs in COVID. And that brings me a lot of joy is is fostering uh, animals and caring for animals.
0: (laughs) I love that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, Darcy, you have really shown all the courage that you have within you to share your story and your vulnerability and to still be sharing it. It's extremely generous. I'm grateful to have heard it. I feel like I learned a lot and I appreciate you making this space with us. Thank
1: you so much, Bianca.
0: And thanks for all you're doing with CityCast Madison. I love listening. Thank you, Darcy. That's Darcy Loma founder and CEO of Darcy Loma Coaching and Consulting. Her book is called Thoughtfully Fit, Your Training Plan for Life and Business Success. And we're continuing our week of love and we need your help. Do you have a loved one or sweetie you'd like to make a shout out to or someone who helped you through a rough time? Leave us a voicemail and we may play it on our Valentine's Day show. You have until the end of the week, Friday the 10th. Here's our voicemail. 608 318-3367. And here's what else Madison's talking about. President Biden is planning to visit Madison tomorrow, Wednesday, February 8th. He's heading out on a national tour to talk about the economy after he makes his State of the Union address. VP Harris and cabinet members are also expected to join him. And the Wisconsin Union Winter Festival has begun and along with it, an extravaganza of events each day on and around Lake Mendota. There's mindful snowshoeing, an ice fishing derby, and photos with a giant Lady Liberty statue on the lake. We'll put a link in our show notes so you can check out the offerings. Plus, it is Black History Month. The public library has a whole bunch of events, including free family movie nights at the Goodman South Branch, This Friday, they're showing 42, a movie about the great Jackie Robinson, played by Chadwick Boseman. We'll post a link on that series in our show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell someone in need of a silver lining this week about us? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Talk soon.